The transfer portal is buzzing. Some good news, some not so good news from an Iowa Hawkeye perspective. We'll dive in to the portal here today. It's Iowa Duke coming up this evening. We preview the matchup for the Hawks as they take on the Blue Devils in a big week with Iowa-Iowa State matchup on both the women's and men's side. All coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. And you can also find us on YouTube You see me hanging out here at work today, and you can find us there on YouTube. While you do, hit the subscribe button. Podcast listeners, give us some five-star reviews. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with an unforgettable bite each and every time. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. So as we get ready for tonight, I would do a chance to play at MSG. We're going to preview that later on here in the hours. We are going to talk with Matt Norlander from CBSSports.com, a longtime scribe on college basketball, and excited to get his perspective. He is also going to be there in the building for that game one, Illinois against Texas. What a great matchup that'll be. Of course, we worry about the second matchup. About 8.30 Central time is the estimated tip time for the Hawkeyes and the Blue Devils, and more with Norlander coming up in that one. But kick things off today with the conversation about the transfer portal and the give-and-go nature that this is, the frustrations that are going to be developing. And there's going to be a lot of innuendo. There's going to be a lot of frustration. There's going to be plenty to be upset about, and that's just the reality of what we're dealing with. This is unprecedented times in the transfer portal. The sheer volume of people involved, coupled with NIL, you have all this happening, everybody looking for the next great deal. You have big-time names joining it, and the biggest one, of course, here from a Hawkeye perspective, is the departure of Justin Jacobs. Now, Iowa was able to get away after the injury to Justin Jacobs this way and still play defensively at an incredibly high level. But the reality is Jack Campbell, he's going to depart to the NFL. Seth Benson, he could come back for another season, but how realistic is that? The wear and tear on the body, if you're going to give it a shot and get a chance to play at the next level, even for a guy like Benson that might be an undrafted free agent, could be a late-round flyer type of guy, 6th, 7th round, but do you just start the window now and give yourself that opportunity and see if it's going to be realistic where you're going to have that chance? I, I think that's something that you definitely have to look at and definitely have to look to do. So you have all that happening, right? You have all that going on and trying to figure exactly what it's going to look like for Iowa. Losing Jacobs, though, it's a blow. There's no doubt about it. There is no way to look at it any other way. This is a guy that was going to be certainly the leader of a new-look linebacker group next season. He's in the transfer portal. As we've talked about, that does not mean that he is automatically gone, but a very real possibility. Rumors of Oregon sniffing around, offering all all the NIL money that they are. Again, also a guy that was going through an injury. And you wonder mentally where a guy is coming off of that possibility of going closer to home. Talk about maybe a girlfriend that's in the South. All kinds of things that are out there. Regardless, those are just rumors. 
what we do know right now, he is in the transfer portal and a very real possibility he is not going to be a Hawkeye next season. Another name that has been thrown out there and talked about and bandied about a whole lot is Treshawn Holden, the wide receiver from Alabama. We've been telling him about, telling you about him here over the last couple of weeks. And it's exciting, right? I mean, for Iowa to be able to get a wide receiver that was a scholarship player at Alabama, had big-time offers. Well, if you went to Alabama, you obviously had a big-time offer, but many of them coming out of high school had bounced around, was a Florida kid, went to prep school in D.C., ended up in California. That's where he completed his high school career. But apparently, Cade McNamara had some kind of relationship and it reached out to him. And it looked like Treshawn Holden, he was all but signed, sealed, and delivered. Last night, in fact, David Eichholt, a very well-respected media member, and it does a great job in the recruiting realm, he believed that they were going to get a commitment from Holden, and then something went awry. Something changed. Something went different, and, and that's going to happen. You're going to see that. That is, again, this new world. This is not the same kind of relationship that you build in the regular high school recruiting where you get to know a kid when they're a sophomore, when they're a junior, get to know the family. You know, this is speed dating. That's what we're going through right now. This is 30 seconds, put out your best pitch, and if you like it, boom, we're going to do it. Let's sign. Iowa got something informationally that they didn't like. Character issue, legal issue, academic issue. Don't know what it is, but we know there was something that Iowa had to hit the brakes. It looked like everything was pointing to Treshine Holding becoming an Iowa Hawkeye and greatly impacting that wide receiver room. The dude had six touchdowns this year at Alabama. Now, were they all against the top flight competition? It wasn't, but still, this is a talented guy. If you're playing wide receiver at Alabama, this is different than what we saw in the wide receiver room at Iowa, right? I mean, the guy has talent. So that's where the excitement was. That now appears to be off the table. A lot of frustration there. And this is just going to continue. They continue to reach out. Saw one of the assistant coaches. We talked about Flipper Anderson's kid for your old school dudes like me. You remember him playing for the Rams. His son, Charleston Southern, one of the Iowa coaches, is visiting him uh, coming up today. That is happening Western Michigan receiver, Corey Crooms. He has been involved with Iowa and said that Iowa has been reaching out. There's going to be a lot of names. There's going to be a lot that is going to be talked about here. We will continue to pass along information, but yesterday felt like a blow. The D2 wide receiver, uh, Tesla from out the hillside, he visited Iowa State last weekend. I know that made some people nervous. He apparently is going to be visiting, though, Iowa City coming up this weekend for an official. A ton going on. It's hard to keep track. It changes minute by minute after minute. We will take, keep on top of it, though, as best as we can here on Locked On Hawkeyes and certainly a lot to talk about there. We got a basketball game to talk about. We'll do that next. Matt Norlander is going to join us from CBSSports.com as we take you inside the world of Iowa hoops. Coming up, this is Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Great steaks. I've ordered them before for my family, both my dad and my father-in-law, and it was a home run. Look, my father-in-law, he likes me. My dad sometimes likes me. But after that, I took a big step up with the addition of Omaha Steaks. They added it to the freezer. They talked about it every time. They sent me pictures of what they were doing. An assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, juicy burgers, and an easy-to-prepare comfort meals 
that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away so you can shop early and beat that shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Make sure to use the promo code, very important, Locked On. All one word, Locked On at omahasteaks.com at checkout. It's a gift from the heart and a gift that will be remembered for with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering from the best. Visit omahasteaks.com. 50% off site-wide using promo code LOCKEDON. That is at checkout and an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Omaha Steaks, absolutely love it. Love what they're doing for us here on the Lockdown Network. And a lot of great things happening with Omaha Steaks. Again, $30 off your order. Make sure to hit that up here today. Trent Condon back with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Time to preview Iowa Duke right now. He has Matt Norlander with CBSSports.com. It's been too long, Matt. How you been? How was the offseason? I've been I've been well, man. Uh, no, we're doing well. I'm very, very, very excited for this Jimmy V tonight. Jimmy V doubleheader is always a good event, but I'd have to go back and look. I haven't really looked at uh, recent recent matchups, but I feel like you know Illinois, Texas, Duke, Iowa is as strong of a one-two as this event has had probably in the past seven or eight seasons. So. It's quite intriguing, and I'm anticipating a, a couple of uh, pretty good games here tonight. So a spot on the schedule that obviously doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Iowa. They have the Iowa State game coming up, then a conference game over the weekend against Wisconsin. It's such an important stretch, but Frey McCaffrey in his press conference early this week just said it was an opportunity they couldn't say no to. A chance to play at MSG, not only that, to play against Duke, not only that, Jimmy V course with the McCaffrey family and what Patrick McCaffrey's gone through I mean there were just too many positives would you like this to schedule a little bit better and work at a different time but this is one in Iowa still a program trying to build themselves up to another level this is one you just can't say no to is that right in your mind Norlander even with what's still to come here later this week for the Hawkeyes you don't yeah listen we're going to get kind of quickly into the weeds here but um, the way this kind of stuff works is that so obviously the Jimmy V is run by ESPN events and the matchups for this are determined year and a half, two years out. So you got to figure, you know, Iowa was approached probably in 2020, maybe early 2021 about this. And it's Duke at that point. Uh, don't even know. There's, no one thinks that Mike Chesky won't be coaching Duke, but uh, Duke is Duke regardless. And you take this opportunity to you, if it's offered, especially if you're a program like Iowa, uh, you take it. If memory serves, I want to say Iowa might have played in the first ever Jimmy V. I'm I'm trying to vamp this off the top of my head, Trent. I can't remember if that's the case or not. I do remember because I talked to an event organizer in the past. Iowa, UConn, and some other teams uh-huh. were involved in, I think, the first ever like MTE doubleheader kind of situation at MSG back in like 99, 2000 or something like it that. Was, it yeah. was, yeah. A, a two-day event. It yeah, was the debut happened. of Steve Alford. His first ever game as Iowa head coach. UConn had just won a national championship. They were preseason number one with Khalid Alamine and that group coming back. And Iowa upset them. Not a very good Iowa team that season in Alford's first year. But 
boy, I remember well, I was a student at Iowa and I was sprinting to the bars to celebrate after that one, after time. Iowa uh, got that, the win against number one. That might have been, and I don't mean to get us too far off the track here. I'll get this, I'll get this train uh, back where it should be in just a second. <laughs> if that wasn't the Jimmy V, I think that might have been the first instance where a four-team MTE did not have pre-arranged mm-hmm. idle game matchups. And because top-rated UConn wound up losing and kind of spoiling the bracket, I actually think in the years after that, now this isn't an across-the-board situation, but there have been you know, deals where it's like, yeah, we'll have these two on, on day one and, the, and these two on day two, no matter the results. And I, I want to say that that might have uh, started that era. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I always got to take this game. And I actually think it's a great spot here, okay? because of the way things turn out. Duke has been solid, but not great. You get this in a neutral. Yes, Duke will have more fans than Iowa in the building, although I am kind of interested to see how well Iowa travels here tonight. Illinois will travel well. Illinois often travels well. Duke has a lot of sidewalk alumni in the greater New York City area, and Mike Krzyzewski for 25 years conditioned that fan base to have at least one game in the greater New York City metro area. Texas, we'll see. Iowa, we'll see. But if Iowa wins, you then get Iowa State at home. Yes, it will be challenging. Otzelberger, I saw his program up close and personal at Portland. That is certainly not a gimme. Mm-hmm. Iowa could go two and zero, one and one, zero and two. All the game, the, you know, those scenarios all feel, you know, like there's an equal percentage chance, thirty-three point three percent, no matter what. You want to get out of this stretch here, one and one, because then obviously after that you've got Wisconsin waiting. So it is a bit tough. But to this point. Iowa has performed well, and just from a national perspective, right now, only seven games in, you're not even 25% through of your regular season inventory. Uh, I would say Iowa, from my expectations, has slightly outperformed what I would expect it to be. I did not project the Hawkeyes to be an NCAA tournament team going into the season. Right now, that is looking like a bad prediction. But then again, if it were to go 0-3 in this next stretch, right. which is almost certainly not going to happen, you got two home home tips there. I would not think they're going to go 0-3. Um, we'd have to recalibrate. But so far, so good. And I'm really interested to see this team up close and personal tonight. And in particular, Chris Murray is obviously the big star there. He has even outperformed expectations, which, as you know, Trent, from the Island College Basketball Podcast, we kind of poked fun at ourselves on a recent episode because <laughs> we were like, how idiotic were we to not project this dude to be a top 20 player after, you know, his brother just did this a year ago. So that's a fun little plot line that's developing in college hoops. Matt, you look at this Iowa team, obviously the departure of Keegan Murray, but here comes Chris Murray. Is it as simple for you as Chris Murray goes, this Iowa basketball team goes? I don't know. I honestly, let's. this is exactly why, and your listeners are obviously in tune to this, let's see what they do in, in this spot against Duke and then what they can do against an entirely differently shaped team in Iowa State. Two days later, a crazy kind of turnaround. Thank goodness that game will be a home one at at Carver-Hawkeye. But, you know, what will Philip Rebracha grow into this season as a veteran, right? Aaron Eulis, about his time to to really step up and prove something. Obviously, the McCaffrey brothers are going to get their minutes and going to get their shots, and they're important factors on that on that offense there. And, you know, Tony Perkins has not been, you know, a a lights out kind of a support guy so far, even though he's been heavy usage to this point. I don't know though. I I don't know. This could be, it could be a situation where the Iowa fan, it could be, you know, a 21, 22 redux because the team is still winning in largely similar ways. Like it's, it's right now it's pacing again to be a very, 
very good offensive team. And that's been the identity of this program for like four or five years running. Like, you know, that you're going to get good shots and score. And it's, you know, the, the star of the team has, has been three different guys in three different seasons, but the bottom line on it has been, they're going to be pretty up tempo. They'll be pretty fun to watch on offense. And they're going to hope that they can score enough to, to outpace teams. Cause defensively, they're just not, it's not even that they're not elite. They're not very, very good. Like they are, I won't call them pedestrian defensively because I, I think that undersells it a little bit, but there's, they're simply acceptable on defense. And I don't know if with the way that McCaffrey plays and the roster that he has, if that can change. And so if that can't, if they're just going to be acceptable on the defensive end, if you're going, if your expectations are to be as good as a season ago, which I actually think is, is unfair. We're talking about a team that was a five seed. Actually, remember that. <laughs> So much stuff can happen in a year here. And I'm now thinking back to the fact that like so many people had Iowa like minimally going to the lead eight after mm-hmm. how good it looked to, to close out big 10 play. And then it was like probably the most surprising non St. Peter's upset in the first round. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you want to reproduce, you know, 25 win campaign and get a four, five, six seed, uh, you know, I think if you can do that, it's, it's actually a win. I, like you would take that right now. There's no guarantee you get there, and we will see if over the course of a season, Chris Murray is capable of being as reliable as a go-to of a go-to option as Keegan was a season ago. I'm not sure of that. No one knows that. We have to look up in four to six weeks to see if that's still the case, because I think the pieces around him have a good chance of of, of being that. But uh, but man, a team like Duke and then a team like Iowa State and then really Wisconsin. There's going to be a lot learned about this roster over the next uh, next few days there. And on Duke, real quick, I, I've seen Duke in person a number of times this season already, and it's getting there. Uh, Kyle Filipowski is going to probably be the player to, to watch on the floor tonight. It's either been him or Jeremy Roach that have won basically every game for Duke to this point. But I'm waiting, like, big stage, Madison Square Garden. Derek Whitehead had off-season surgery. He was the highest-ranked prospect on the roster alongside. Uh, they're big, Derek Lively. Like, I kind of wonder if tonight's the night. Like, will will either Whitehead or Lively really step up and have a huge game? I'm not. Uh, I'm not certain of it, but I'm kind of waiting on it. And then a name that Iowa fans are familiar with. You have if they have not watched Duke yet this season, Ryan Young, who was you know he was he was a solid Northwestern mm-hmm. big, right? He has become he has become a top three player of value on Duke's roster this season at this point because of how relentless he is at crashing the boards and he just does everything John Shire asks of him. So when Iowa fans like turn in, turn in to watch this game tonight, they might be like, that dude was not the guy that we saw play at Northwestern. He's, he's been a, he's been a better player there. So just keep an eye on that as well. Yeah. Last time young saw Iowa, the Hawkeyes were scoring 112 against them in the big 10 tournament. I think it's going to be a little bit different here. And Kyle Filipowski, that's a guy that Iowa was heavily involved with. They thought they had a great shot, even as Duke got involved late in his recruitment. Ultimately, it came down to it sounded like Duke and Iowa. And it shows the Dukies, big front line, going to be a difficult matchup for not a real big Iowa team. Enjoy it tonight. Enjoy Texas, Illinois. Final 30 seconds. Quick hit on that one. Listen, this is a matchup between two teams that I think can make the final four. Texas was a surprise team in the preseason when it was number two at Ken Palm, was more picked in the 10 to 20 range by us media hacks. And to this point, Texas is undefeated. It's looked really, really good. 
Yeah. Tyrese Hunter, I know the listeners are familiar with that name. He has been quite good and lived up to his billing as a top-five transfer. Illinois was my preseason pick to win the Big Ten. Coleman Hawkins, I think, is going to play in the NBA. And Terrence Shannon Jr. has been among the 10 to 15 best players in the country right there along the, along the lines of, say, Chris Murray. So that's an excellent undercard. I would actually make the argument it's the better game. But Duke is Duke. It will get the billing of the late night, and so Iowa fans will uh, get the benefit of getting the second one. But I can't wait for both of these. And you didn't ask, but uh, I'll throw it out there. I will say Illinois. I will say Illinois and Duke wind up winning, and I can tell you that I have almost no confidence in either of those picks. Well, I've seen your picks on Friday, Stu. They're not very good, so I might be fading those tonight. I'm I'm one game above 500. <laughs> it's not going to make money, nor later. That's not making money. Got to hit 52.4% to make money. That's right. That's right. Enjoy MST. Thanks, Matt. Fellas, thank you so much. Have a nice night. That's Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com, Ion College Basketball Podcast as well. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. All right, we're going to pause the pod just for a second because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, White chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on granola bar that is more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. That's right. Bilt puffs like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. They are incredible. You hear coconut, a flavor not for you, not overwhelming. It is absolutely a positive experience and nutrition they are revolutionizing it. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, low sugar and calories, 130 calories. Sink your teeth into that first bite. It'll change your life forever. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. It's an unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. 15% off. Code locked on 15. That's built.com. Trent kind of back with you one final time here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Hit that subscribe button to all our watchers on YouTube and give us a five-star rating. Greatly helps us out and gets us in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we wrap up here, a couple other notes from the transfer portal. Uh, another name that we haven't talked about much, Eric All, the tight end from Michigan. A lot of connections there. He has entered the transfer portal, was a starter for them a season ago, had 38 catches, 237 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and average 11.5 yards per reception. Him and Kate, Kate McNamara, incredibly tight. Makes a whole lot of sense. He was banged up most of this season, but another name you got to throw out there. Searching for those wide receivers. We mentioned some names at the top, no doubt about it. That is going to be at the forefront of things, but this is a reality. Get ready for it. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be disappointing. It's going to be exhilarating at times. I was out there also looking for a potential new running back. Uh, yesterday, LeVar Woods was down in Texas talking to Diego Benson, a six-foot-tall, 200-pounder, you mentioned the name Benson, Cedric Benson. Yeah, that's his cousin uh, who was with the Chicago Bears. And of course, a great with the Texas Longhorns back in the day. So lots of names out there. There's an Appalachian State uh, commit that they were after and also talking to. Yeah, the former Tulane commit that was also on this list. So, I mean, it's just on and on and on. The kid that was also at Nebraska. I mean, we're going to be playing this game. It is a completely different time. Oh, and by the way, trying to get ready for a bowl game. You have that happening. It's just... It's wild. 
but this is our reality uh, that we're living in right now. We'll talk about plenty of that here in the coming days. Coming up after we get final tonight with Iowa Duke, we will have a Locked On Now instant reaction podcast for you. We'll get that to you right away. It'll be in your feed late in the evening, early in the morning, and we'll get you uh, up to date after Iowa Duke here this evening. I don't have a great thought about it, but I'll tell you the point spread Point spread's telling us something a little bit different. If you're a believer in this, look, Iowa on the surface, Ken Palm has this one-point game. Currently uh, looking at the lines across the board right now, I see Iowa two-and-a-half-point dog at Circa. Let's see, South Point has it as two, DraftKings at three, on and on and on. Bet bet Online has it, Iowa two-and-a-half. The total 147, uh, 148 right now at Bet Online. I might be willing to take the over, but... I'm not willing to go with the Dukies. 71% though of the money currently is on Duke and 62% of the tickets. That's usually good news. Fade in the public can be a good thing. Just one to keep an eye on here tonight. Should be a fun one. We'll see if Iowa can go up there. This is a very physical Duke team, as we talked about with Norlander. This is a team, a lot of big bodies out there. Philip Petkowski, a guy that we know from recruiting circles, a guy that Iowa was heavily involved in and interested in. He is tough to guard. He is seven foot. Rapracha, this is a huge matchup for him, and he's going to have to have help. This is going to be a game more than likely, probably going to have to see a gun delay. Can he give him three minutes a half? Can he go out there, pound a little bit? There's going to be matchups like against guys like Lively, where he's going to struggle, a lot more athletic, a lot more speed, but we've seen him at times hold his own. We'll see. Got to shoot it well. Got to shoot it better. Duke has not shot the basketball well. That may be a saving grace here tonight. We'll see. Anything could happen in Iowa. They played well under McCaffrey in moments like this. I'm not overly optimistic, but if you've been listening for a while, you know optimism is not exactly my calling card when it comes to the Hawkeyes. We are here to talk about some positives, and hopefully we'll recap it tonight. Busy week still in front of them. Hope to run down LaShawn. Biz hopefully will join us as well. Instant reaction lockdown now come your way tonight on your feed after Iowa Duke. Enjoy it, and go Hawks.